This one will go down as a classic. Is Roth really worth it? It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Restoring order to your financial chaos. Retirement, investing, taxes. You've got financial questions, he's got financial answers. It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Brian, I'm excited about this one, uh, mainly because I, I know what's coming. And uh, this is huge. We talk about it all the time. Just how powerful, how big of a deal, how substantial Roth and Roth assets are. Uh, and I just hope we do justice to it today. Well, here, I always like to show why are we inspired to create certain shows. Okay. We just made it through Discovery Channel just a few weeks ago, had Shark Week. And I started thinking about, you know, one of the things I like when you talk about sharks, great white sharks especially, is that they're considered like an apex predator. Right, yeah. Meaning that they sit on the top of the food chain and nothing can take them out. And I started, I was like, apex predator, apex predator. So, I, I, you know, it's kind of, it's such a cool concept that I wanted to, we put together a slide okay. with some of the key apex predators that are out there. Because a shark is not, a great white is not the only, I mean, there are lions, that's the king oh, of the yeah. jungle. Oh, yeah. Saltwater crocodile, the king of the water jungle. Snow leopard, <laughs> the king of uh, That's king like Aquaman. No, don't, don't worry about Aquaman. We got saltwater <laughs> crocodiles. Keep going. Great white. Uh, Tiger. I think Daniel chose to put the snow leopard on there. I, yeah, that's, he that's, claims that is an apex predator. He, we're going to take his word for I'm it. I'm not going to mess with a, the snow leopard, but it looks like the softest one up there. But there is one more apex predator that I think the Money Guy family is going to dig. What is it, Bo? Roth, 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 Roth. It is the Roth IRA. That is exactly right. The Roth IRA sits on top of the food chain of all of your investment assets. If you think about account types, it is going to be the Roth IRA that sits up top. It is the king of the jungle. Right. And you're probably wondering, why? why, why what would... makes it better? Because 401ks or brokerage accounts or trust, what makes the Roth IRA the one that's the top of the food chain? The reason it's an apex predator is that first, we got tax-free growth. Tax-free growth. We all know we have a favorite taxing uncle how much do we love? I was on the phone with a business owner today. He's like, man, I pay a lot of taxes. And I was like, Roth assets are superb because they let you, they get tax-free growth. They also, you can, in case of emergency, I, I do not condone, I don't recommend, but in case of emergency, you can break the glass and, in, and really in a bad, bad pickle of a situation, you can get emergency access to Roth assets. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize this. When you make Roth IRA contributions, and you're limited to how much you can do every year, but when you make those IRA contributions, at any point in time in the future, you don't have to be 59 and a half, you don't have to be in retirement, You know, none of that applies. You can actually pull out the money that you put into the Roth tax-free and penalty-free. Penalty it's a very unknown little caveat to Roth that most people don't recognize. And then the last reason I say that it's an apex predator is that there are no required minimum distributions on Roth IRAs. Now, this is what I think is so funny. Uh, we tell this to 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, even 40-year-olds, and they don't get real juiced about it. They don't like right. recognize how exciting it is. You know who gets real juiced thinking about Roths that don't have RMDs? The folks that are approaching RMDA. Exactly. They're the ones that recognize just how powerful of a benefit that is. And I, But I was thinking, but you realize everything we just went over, the tax-free growth, breaking glass in case of emergency, and then no RMD requirements. 
this thing is ageless because we got young folks mm -hmm. that are like, give me the tax-free growth. Right. I want that compounding growth for free. We got middle-aged people that are like, you know, life happens and they're like, break the glass. I need access. That's give right. me the, give me, give me the money. And then we got older people that are quickly approaching retirement or in retirement, yep. no required minimum distributions. This is why Roth assets, your Roth accounts are the apex predator. They Absolutely. really do sit on top of the food chain. So I want to talk about, because this compounding growth, let's talk to the young folks for a minute. Everybody out there who is in their 20s and 30s, and by the way, we get to see YouTube is great. They give us all kind of demographic data. We know we are killing it with people 34 years and younger. That's kind and of I our love sweet spot in the YouTube audience. I do like that. Now, I know our podcast audience, you guys, y'all you know, look a little bit more like me. It's okay. You know, we got a little more age, but it's all right. But here's the thing for you young folks. And I've said this before. I don't know how this is controversial, but it is somehow. So I'm going to say it again because I think it's that powerful. If you take a 20-year-old, a dollar, one dollar that they invest at 20 years of age has the potential when they retire at 65 to be worth $88. That, that in and of itself should stop you in your tracks and you should think about things that you can go out and spend a dollar on right now. And you should ask yourself, is that, that stick of chewing gum or that pack of chewing gum that cost me a dollar, is that worth 88 of my future dollars? It's and, that and by the way, nobody invests a dollar at a time. What you're actually doing, you're probably, when you're 20 years of age, because you're probably thinking, I'll put $1,000. That $1,000 contribution is going to be worth $88,000 retirement. You do that by $5,000. You do that by $10,000. You see how this gets big yep. over time. But you're thinking, okay, that's a 20-year-old. What happens to a 30-year-old? A 30-year-old, every dollar they invest at 30 years of age has the potential to become $23 at 65. Still huge. Still huge. But did, but did you hear that, though? $88 at 20 $23 at 30. Well, given the two options, I'd certainly rather have $88. That is, I'm telling you, this is how powerful compounding growth is. 40-year-old, $1 for a 40-year-old at 65, so they got 25 years for it to work, every dollar turns into seven. And, and Brian, so I think that's really interesting because you, you, you've you been 40, you've passed through that mark. I'm unfortunately through that mark. I, I imagine you've- I'm actually 39 and holding. You probably remember 20, right? About to celebrate my seventh annual- Birthday of 39. 39. You, re you remember 20, and like 20 to 40 is a blink, right? Yeah. I mean, like you would say that that 20-year that time period went really, really quickly. It can go by so fast. And if you don't recognize the value of that time when it comes to your army of dollar bills, you can wake up and your $88 just turned into $7. Now, I want to go ahead because we have some cool slides to show you, but a lot of you naysayers, I've got to get you your, your glass half empty. I'm really trying to fill that glass up to, get, to fill it up so it's glass half full. You're saying, Brian, I'm broke. Yeah, I'm in my 20s, but I'm broke. Life is kicking me right now. I don't know. I, there was just a YouTube comment just the other night where somebody was like, these guys are crazy. I mean, they're talking about saving 20%. I can't even pay rent. Yeah, yep. Here's the thing, you guys. This is why I tell you a dollar for a 20-year-old is worth 88 at retirement, but a 40-year-old is only seven. The, the sheer difference between 88 and $7 shows you how powerful Every dollar you have at age 20 is compared to your 40-year-old peers. Exactly right. So a little goes a long way. Mm -hmm. So don't let those excuses. I get that you're broke. I get that money's tight. I get that money's hard. By the way, just so you guys don't, we don't come for money. Nope. So we understand the struggle of when you start out. But if you just start with $50 a month, you're going to get addicted. That's you're right. going to be doing 200 a month. Before you know it, you're going to be doing 1000 a month. You can do this. So as you daydream... 
as you start thinking about this, you're saying, okay, if we got compounding growth, is there a way to plus this? Mm -hmm. Is there a better way? Yes, that's where Roth comes in. Imagine all those numbers I just gave you, if it was tax-free growth, meaning uncle never got his cut. Yeah, that, so you, if you think about it, you put $1 in a 401k and it turns into $88. Well, when you go to pull it out, you're not actually getting 88 because you got to yep. give some to uncle. You put $1 into that Roth, you get to take all 88 for yourself. And it is a sweet, sweet thing. I want to take this. I want to show you how nerdy I am. We think about things in nerdy ways. We, we, we all know. Um, and some of you, some of you younger people, you know, cause like I said, we're good with the young folks. That must be because of you both. Cause <laughs> I am getting to the age now where they're probably like, I don't know. Who, who let grandpa on this but thing? in 2012, there was a news article that came out and it was, well, it was all over. It wasn't just a news article. This was all over your nightly news. This was all over CNBC, mm -hmm. Fox business. It didn't matter. Everybody was covering this cause we had a presidential election going on in 2012. Yep. We had president Obama was, um, the incumbent. <laughs> in 2012, and then he was running against the Republican candidate who was Mitt Romney. That's right. And it got disclosed, because realize a lot of politicians have to give a lot of, they have to reveal a lot about themselves mm -hmm. when they're running for public office. Mitt Romney, presidential candidate Mitt Romney, disclosed that he had an IRA back in 2012 worth $101 million. He had an IRA, a tax-deferred account that had over $100 I feel like million. I feel like I have to hold this pinky here. As we, <laughs> because, I mean, the, the reason, uh, if you're not a financial nerd like I am, you're probably like, oh, what? Okay, we knew he was rich. We knew this guy was rich. The thing that was blowing up the internet as well as the nightly news was, is how in the world do you get $101 million in a... IRA account when the most you can put into retirement accounts, I mean, realize guys, for a long time, the most you could put in an IRA was $2,000 yep. a year. Even if you had an employer retirement plan, like a 401k, you could probably put $10,000, right. you know, and then that got indexed up to inflation where we're up to like 19,000 now. But even if you could, if we could go back in time and do 19,000 back then, it takes a lot of contributions <laughs> to get to $100 million. And, and here's what I thought was crazy. When I'm watching this data in 2012, this is where my financial mutant brain goes. I'm like, $100 million is pretty incredible yeah. to have an IRA. But what if it was a Roth? Oh, because that oh. would be tax-free growth. And that's the part where I want you guys to daydream about that too. That's why we went over the 88 times over compounding growth, as well as just telling you how crazy it is. All the money that you invest, just like Mitt Romney was able, because he was in private equity mm -hmm. and private investments that had compound, huge compounding growth. There is potential for you to use this apex predator of Roth accounts to really maximize what you can do with your money. So, Bo, let's let's throw Mitt out of the, out of the out of the boat with us and talk about what this looks like in a real life example. Yeah, so we we hear this argument all the time and if you surf on the interwebs, you'll see it all the time. People talking about, well, what's better, Roth or pre-tax or how do I decide? Uh, we wanted to actually put the rumors to rest and we thought the very best way to do that was through a good old-fashioned money guy case study. Plus, Daniel loves it when we give him slide homework. Oh, yeah. Intern Daniel knocked this one out of the park. Uh, you forgot his first name. Um, <laughs> Just the nicer of the two. So, <laughs> Intern Daniel wanted to walk us through an illustration of Roth, Ralph, and pre-tax Patty. So, this is how these two are going to behave differently. Roth, Ralph, is going to invest in the Roth 401k that he has available through his employer, and pre-tax Patty is going to invest in the traditional, the pre-tax 401k. But 
But because she gets a tax deduction for the contributions that she puts into her pre-tax 401k, she is astute. She listens to the Money Guy show. She knows what's going on. She's actually going to save and invest the tax savings from investing in her pre-tax 401k. That means that pre-tax Patty... Pretty astute in the fact she might be part of the Money Guy family. For sure. We need credit because I think I, here's my here's my guess, and we'll get into the final results. I think most people when they're choosing between Roth or pre-tax, I think that they're probably putting two thousand in the Roth or they're putting two thousand in the pre-tax. Yep. I don't think we're giving them the benefit of the doubt that they're investing those tax savings. I don't believe that it's actually going on. But we'll keep keep going, keep going. So let's continue on. Here's what we're gonna assume. We're gonna say that both of these are 22 years old and they're gonna work for 43 years. They're gonna retire at age 65. Let's also assume they both make $40,000 per year and their goal, because they both listen to the Money Guy show, they're gonna save 20% of their income. So they're gonna save $8,000 a year every year from now until retirement, with the exception of their salary is gonna go up at 3%. So every year they're gonna save 20%. So this year it'll be 8,000, next year it'll be 8,000 plus 3%. Follow my illustration yeah, here. Yeah. So their their actual savings rate because they're doing a, a 20% yep. as they get pay raises, they will be increasing their savings. I'm saying these two listen to the money guy show. Yeah, I know sure. they they're do. definitely financial mutants. Uh and then let's also assume that their retirement assets grow at 8%. Now, you've heard us say this. At 22 years old, we think they could actually probably do a little bit better than that, but we want to back it down, keep this nice and simple. They're both gonna earn eight percent per year from now all the way to retirement. Well, because they make forty thousand dollars a year, let's assume that our marginal tax brackets that we have right now today hold. And they are in the 22% marginal tax bracket now. But because their income is going to increase, when they get to retirement and in retirement, they're going to be in the 24% marginal tax bracket. We actually grew their income and we factored in when they crossed over the 22 into the 24% bracket. And let's also assume they pay capital gains at 15% on any capital gain assets. Woo, that was okay? a lot of setup. You track with me? A lot you of didn't setup. Get that rewind like a minute and a half and go listen to all the assumptions. <laughs> Good thing that again. we have a slide from, from Daniel. <laughs> Keep going. All right, so now let's talk about what they've been able to do from an accumulation standpoint. So they're both saving, theoretically, the same amount of money in their 401k, right? They're both doing 20%. Well, Roth Ralph, after 43 years, is going to have $4,455,330 in his pre-tax 401k. Pre-tax Patty is going to have $4,455,330 in her pre-tax 401k. That's a big number, by the way. These are people who started making $40,000 a year. Now, yes, they were saving 20%, but to see that somebody starting out making $40,000 a year 3% 3% inflation on their growth. And when they hit retirement, it's going to be worth $4.4 million, close to 4.5. Now, here's the other thing I think is crazy. A lot of you guys, you blow up our YouTube comments about inflation. Yes, inflation's a legitimate thing. You've got close to $4.5 million. It's going to have to be a lot of inflation yes, for that not right. to be a lot of money. That's going to be a lot of money for both of these financial mutants. Keep going. So, We've already said that pre-tax Patty is astute. She's not just going to save in the 401k because she, there's going to be a tax savings from what she puts in. So in addition to her $4,455,330, she has saved her tax savings every year and invested that. Now, we recognize that when you invest in an after-tax account, there's a little bit of a tax drag. So we said, in theory, if her after-tax account has 
uh, 20% turnover annually. And we know that capital gains is around 15%. You just said it's going to grow at 7%. Because you're about, you're about to put them to sleep. It's so going to grow at 7%. Instead of 8%, because there's a little bit of a tax. When I still I want to go on record. I think this is hogwash that there's actually going to be 764000 outside. Because I think most people are going to do a dollar for dollar. What they put in the Roth, they're going to make the choice would have gone into the pre-tax. But go ahead, go ahead. I'm so under she, protest. Invests, she invests her pre-tax saving, her t- savings from contributed pre-tax, and it grows at 7%. So, so what happens is Roth Ralph has $4.4 million, Pre-tax Patty has 5.2. Boom. End of the conversation, you right? Think, pre-tax Patty wins. Why would we do Roth when we can just do pre-tax? Not so fast. That's the lead course, though, because it's, it's almost football season. All right, so you actually have to factor in the fact that taxes are going to be due on these. So after tax, after you factor in the taxes that Roth Ralph has to pay on his Roth, you know how much Roth Ralph ends up with? $4,455,330 because it's all tax-free. Pre-tax Patty, not only does she have to pay tax on her pre-tax 401k, so that bucket drops to three point almost four million. She also has to pay tax on the after-tax bucket because there's some embedded gains in there. So it drops down to 741,000. Pre-tax Patty, because of the tax benefit, only has about $4.1 million relative to pre-tax to Roth Ralph, who's almost at four and a half. It is a non, non-competition here. Roth Ralph comes out ahead. Here's what I think is crazy, Bo, is that, yes, we know Roth Ralph has close to $4.5 million. Once you take into account the taxes, and we knew this, I mean, it's, and this is, I want to put this in even greater context when I talk about tax code and where we are historically with tax rates. It is pretty powerful that the Roth assets that will never, because once you take that 401, even if you had a, like a Roth 401k, mm-hmm. if you roll it into a Roth IRA, it's going to not be subject to required minimum distributions. It's going to keep growing even when this person gets to be 70, 71, 72, 73. If they didn't need the assets, it's going to be truly powerful. I think it's amazing that it wins the race. And a lot of this has to do with if the rates during working were 22%, Mm -hmm. but rates in retirement at 24%. That's right. You you can see how it's going to get very expensive when you're doing pre-tax, when you're pulling money out at a much higher tax bracket than you actually were pre-retirement. Now, a lot of you guys watching this, you're like, wait a minute. I know a thing or two about planning. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us plan for the fact that we're going to be in a high tax bracket while we're working. Of course. But then when we retire, we're going to be in a much lower tax bracket. Makes and that's sense. actually That's actually going to be true. We've often give the guidance somewhere between that 25 to 30% tax rate on, you know, taking into account your state taxes mm-hmm. as well as your federal taxes. There is a decision on whether or not you're doing Roth versus pre-tax, pre-tax yep. traditional. But I want you to think about this in terms of where are we at with current taxes? We know that there was a brand new tax legislation that kicked it, went into effect in 2018 that has pushed rates down right. again. So I always thought it was important. We kind of need to understand where how, how does this all work? But before I can get into taxes, I want to kind of, I think we've proven now Roth is your friend. I think it's incredible because we just showed two people, 4.4 million versus 5.2. When you would ask who's better positioned for retirement, 
Roth Ralph actually had more money, technically. Reason that it's an apex predator, bro. That's right. There is a reason that this thing is, it's not even the the great white. It might be the orca well that eats great whites, just in the fact that it grows tax-free and has all these opportunities. So we are clearly uh, two of the best salesmen on the planet, right? So everyone listening to this has said, I'm in, I want to do it, sign me up. So the next natural question that comes up is, all right, how do I do it? How do, how do I start doing this Well, we want thing? to, because we have a lot of people who leave us questions saying, I need some basics. Give me the basics on how I can actually implement the strategies you guys are talking about. So we have a slide for you. Yep. Let's roll right into this. The first thing is the when. When are you going to do this? I'm telling you, there is not a bad time to get into Roth accounts because you want that tax-free, that compounding growth to hit you as fast as it possibly can. So Bo, the next question, where do you do this? That, that's right. So we like using low-cost investment providers. You know, Fidelity is one, Vanguard is one. There are a thousand different places you can set up a Roth IRA, but you want to set it up somewhere that's going to be low-cost that gives you a wide gamut of investment options. Now, with the win, you also have to, as soon as possible, it's for sure the right answer, but you do have to make sure you qualify because not everybody can just straight up do a Roth that's true. IRA that contribution. Is true. Uh, if you make over a certain income limit, I want to say it's like 193 to 203. Yeah, it's, it's somewhere around 192, not 193 to 203. And then for for a single individual, I think it's around 121, right. somewhere in that range. It starts phasing out. You know, the government does shut down your ability to do Roth IRA, but they but they give you, if you have an employer, you can what do still, they let you do? You can still do Roth 401k no matter your income. And even if you're someone who's above those income tax brackets, we actually have done a show in the past, talked about advanced stra planning strategies for the wealthy. Go listen to that show because we even talk about how high income individuals can do that as well. So the when is as soon as possible, assuming your eligibility, understanding your eligibility. The where is a low-cost investment provider like a Fidelity, like a Vanguard, like a Schwab. So the next question, Brian, is, okay, how? Well, and I, but before I jump on the how, though, I want to talk because I think it sets up the how. Okay. What I like about the where, the reason we talked about these low-cost providers is that they're using index funds, mm -hmm. which we're big fans of. Sure. Because, guys, these things are practically as close. Actually, Fidelity has free options now. But the rest of them are as close to zero as you possibly can be. I'm talking about pennies for what used to cost dollars when you're managing. And yep. as you can imagine, as this money gets bigger and bigger and bigger, if you can keep those costs low, it's going to be better for your wallet and your future financial independence. But that does lead to the next thing, which is how, mm -hmm. which is we like, when you look at the low cost providers between the Fidelities, the Vanguards, the Schwabs, those type of things, they all have what these, these new categories of investments. I say new because I'm getting old, but they've been around for a little, right around a decade yeah. or so, is target retirement funds. Yep. And what I like about target retirement funds is that you basically choose the year that you want to retire or the date that you need access to these assets, and then it does the heavy lifting for That's you. Right. It's going to, it has what's called a glide path, meaning that while you're young, and you have many years until you actually have the use of the money, it's going to be super aggressive. But every year it's going to slightly change until by the time you get to that age that's listed, mm -hmm. it's a very conservative portfolio. It's that glide path of going from aggressive to very conservative. You basically choose it, forget about it, and let it do the hard work I for you. I love it. And so we think that target retirement funds make tons of sense for folks really until your assets hit a critical mass of like $250,000, once your assets hit that, then if you do have different buckets, not only do you get to focus on asset allocation, how you're investing your assets, but also asset location. Because if Roths are so powerful and you can have so much compounding growth in there, the types of investments you want to hold inside of your Roths 
are your highly growth potential exactly. assets. Your large cap indices, your small cap funds, your international assets, those types of assets have a lot of growth potential. The Roth might be a great place to house them when you look at your overall asset location. I mean, because all apex predators need to maximize what they're best at. So let the big line eat that's right. if that's what it does. And that's where tax-free growth is definitely the strength of the Roth IRA. So you, you need to make sure you take advantage of that. Now, I feel like there's a word of caution okay. I have to put out there. A lot of you guys are like, whoa, tax-free growth. You just told me to put the growth, hyper-growth type of investments in there. You know, I watched this movie the other night with Ben Affleck in it called <laughs> Boiler Room. They were doing penny stocks oh, and yeah. all kind of other cool strategies. What do you, that, you know, those are growth assets. Should I do that for my Roth IRA? No, because there is a caveat here. Here's the thing. Because the government's giving you this wink and a nod and saying, whatever you put in this Roth is going to grow completely tax-free, they also say, but here's the catch. If you make, if you lose money with these this Roth mm -hmm. account, you don't get to take losses. No tax benefit. You're not going to get a tax benefit. So in other words, you want to shoot for the moon in growth, but be realistic that you're not just straight up gambling exactly and right. wasting because you won't. there will be no tax benefit for those losses. And you're also squandering a tremendous opportunity for this tax-free growth in the long term. So let's choose the, the investments that we really give you that eight out of 10 times that they're going to do really well for you. Love it. Um, so this is, I kind of alluded to this earlier. I think it's important you cannot have a discussion about Roth and the decisions because a lot of you guys, as I've already kind of alluded to and hinted at, you're trying to figure out, do I take the tax deduction now or do I really maximize the tax-free growth? Mm -hmm. And I've already shared there is that decision point between 25 and 30, but 30% 30 if you take into account the state as well as federal tax rates. But there's still a lot of you that are saying, but I still think when I retire, I'll be in a much lower tax bracket than I am right now while I'm working. And I think that's probably true if you're in a super high income tax situation. But remember the, the what we ran for pre-tax Patty and then Roth Ralph was that they started making $40,000 a year. So this is, you know, every, every day, this is everybody Americans here. So the situation you have to look at, if you know you have normal wages, I don't know that you can make the assumption that taxes will necessarily be lower in retirement. Because if you pull up the, the, what historical tax rates are, sure. look at this. This is pretty powerful stuff. This is showing the top tax rates as well as the lower tax rates. And you see they have been all over the place. And then this, this ends, I mean, it gets us pretty close to where we, right where we are right now. We're at traditionally and historically a super low tax rate situation. And we know what's going on out there in the federal government. We have big deficits. Yep. We, I mean, I think um, what, 20 trillion. I'm trying to figure out how in debt the country yeah, is. I mean, that's not big. a statement. It's not, and this is not a Republican or Democrat issue. It's equal opportunity it's that all issue. the politicians have gotten the country in debt. And it's one of those things where we have a lot of debt. We also have a lot of obligations. We got Social Security, we've got Medicare, we've got things that are going to be paid for for many years. At some point, you're going to have to pay for that. I love low taxes. I don't want anybody to read this and say I'm asking for tax rates. I'm not. This is not a tax show on where tax rates should be. I'm just saying understand that we're in a low tax environment right now. Take advantage of that opportunity as much as you can with the understanding that there's a chance that taxes could be going higher in the future. So if, if I'm hearing you correctly, Brian, what you're saying is 
While you may be exactly right that your post-retirement income may very well be less than your pre-retirement income, maybe you make 60%, 80% of your pre-retirement income, there's a chance even though your income is lower, your tax rate could be higher simply because the entire tax landscape could change for everyone, no matter exactly. what your income is. So, but it is, but that's why I wanted to make sure I gave the caveat 25 to 30% is kind of that transition point sure. if you're trying to figure out if you're a Roth 401k or traditional 401k. We have all kinds of shows and discussions on that, but it's still pretty incredible when you look at the tax rates to know, pay attention to what's going on because tax rates, they change constantly. I know we always assume taxes will be what they are. No, they're all over the place. I mean, you can see the Great Depression, you can see the Kennedy tax cuts, you can see the Reagan tax cuts. I mean, it's, it's, it's really amazing when you actually analyze what the his, history of income tax rates has been in the United States. So we think that one of the beautiful things about the Roth that it allows you to do is when you get to retirement and when you get to financial independence, ultimately what you're looking for is independence. That's exactly You right. want to be able to pick and choose what you spend your money on, where you spend your time, the things you do. And what we found with the clients that we work with is if you build your assets in a tax efficient way, you have pre-tax assets, you have after-tax assets, and you also have Roth assets, yeah. you truly get to be even independent from the tax code. If you have those buckets, no matter what the taxes are, whether they're high, low, big, small, you can choose what bucket you pull from and ultimately you get to live a life that is financially independent. And that's what we're ultimately working towards. Well, you also get tax diversification and you get to, and, and this is in a healthy and as legally as possible, you get to manipulate your that's taxes right. in retirement. That's a powerful thing when you have those three different tax buckets. I did want to do quick two quick shout outs. Twin, Roth twins and siblings, we kind of alluded mm -hmm. to it and talked about it. You have Roth IRAs that you can do $6,000 a year with a $1,000 catch-up. You have Roth 401ks, Roth 403bs that allow you to do $19,000 if you're 50, I yep. mean under 50. 50 and over can do $6,000 catch-ups on top sure. of that for a total of 25. And then these don't have income limits on it. You can do a Roth 401k, a Roth 403b, no matter how much money you make, they have no income caps on them like a Roth IRA does. And then we did a show recently on advanced planning strategies or the strategies of the rich. And two strategies that involve Roth that you ought to look at from that episode is the Roth conversion strategy for higher income individuals yep. that are priced out of doing Roth IRAs. We've got a solution for you. And then the mega Roth conversion Absolutely. strategy. That's a pretty powerful concept that you need to understand. If you really want to gorge yourself on Roth, we've got the apex predator of all types, all situations, all occasions. You will be hooked up with some Roth. Did I put enough Roth out no, there? No, I love it. I absolutely love it. If you're someone who's been thinking about this, you're like, man, you know what? I, I, I don't know if I can build Roth assets or I think I have Roth assets, but I don't know if I have the right investments in there. Or maybe the situation has gotten so big, I don't feel like I'm super in control of it. We would love to hear from you. Go to the website, go to moneyguide.com. You can go to aboundwealth.com. We believe here at the Money Guy Show on the Abundant Cycle. We give it away, give it away, give it away, load you up. We want you to grow, grow, grow. And the way that you can pay us back is reaching out when you've reached that level of success that maybe you want to have somebody partner with you to take it over and through the finish line of financial independence. Give us your website, go to money, um, your email address, go to the website, moneyguy.com, share your email address. We're going to have all kinds of great things. If you like getting great advice, as well as, you know, PDFs, other planning opportunities and tools put right into your inbox, go to our website, take advantage of it. And then also don't forget to go to YouTube and just 
ring the bell, subscribe, let, and then get those notifications. We're trying to grow this thing. We were thinking 50,000 by year end. We've had listeners tell us they want us to be at 75,000 by year end. We want that too. So we need you to subscribe to make it happen. So please help us out. Subscribe, ring the bell, and then give us your your email address on our website, moneyguy.com. I'm your host, Brian Preston. Mr. Bo Hansen. we'll be back in just a few short days. We constantly have new content coming out. The Money Guy podcast is hosted by Brian Preston. Brian Preston is a principal with Abound Wealth Management. Abound Wealth Management is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Security and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Abound Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Money Guy podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment or legal advice. (laughs) 